Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about a scenario that we know lots of you will be able to relate to, unfortunately, and that is how to handle it when your boss has unrealistic expectations of you. And to be fair, it could be people other than your boss, like other senior leaders. But yeah, just handling that situation where those unrealistic expectations are placed on you. So we're going to look at why it matters to be able to handle it. We're going to look at the different types and ways that it can happen that unrealistic expectations are set, why, and then most importantly, what to do about it. So Pam, if we look at why it matters to handle it, there's really two key aspects that we've identified, aren't there? And that we've seen the net results if people don't have those strategies. Yeah, definitely. And we know that if if you don't get a handle on it, that it will definitely increase your stress levels and can really decrease your confidence. And we've seen it time and time again. And I'm sure that people listening to this, if you've if you've had a boss with unrealistic expectations, you will feel that, you will know that they are the two key aspects of why you just can't let that continue. Yeah, and I think particularly that impact on confidence people start to question themselves, don't they? And they're like, is it that the expectations are unrealistic or am I just not up to the mark? Is this person being sensible and I'm the one in the wrong? What There's that kind of questioning yourself when it happens to you. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because we always default back to what am I doing wrong? Why can't I keep up the pace? We never really flip it around straight away, do we? And go, let's just have a look at at these expectations and ask ourselves, first of all, do we feel that they are realistic? And then obviously approaching our bosses, our, our leaders, our managers with the facts then of how unrealistic their expectations might be at any one point in time. I think we, we're just quick, aren't we, to pull ourselves down and to think it must be something that we're doing wrong. And whether expectations are realistic or unrealistic is often a subjective thing. There's not always a real clarity around it. And I think that's why the stress can rise, because if you are wondering whether the expectations are right or whether it's you, and at the same time you are trying to deliver to those expectations, even if they're unrealistic, that's where the stress ramps up because your confidence has gone for a wonder. Your workload is high. There's lots that you're trying to get done and you're not in control of the situation. And all of those things contribute to how stressful it feels. Yeah. And I see that a lot with my clients from a job search perspective, because 
lots of people come to me and say, I need to get out of this job because the expectations are too high. I just can't deal with the workload. And my first question to them is, how are you tackling that? What are you doing to try and get those expectations like back on track? And a lot of the time, people have gone past the point of no return, haven't they? Because it's almost like they've been beaten down. They can't, they don't know how to get themselves out of that situation because it's gone too far a lot of the time. Because I think by the time we're feeling stressed and by the time our confidence has taken a real knock, by that point, we're, we're probably quite far in, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. And I think, What's helpful is to start to break down the different types because when you are feeling that stress and the feeling is, I just need to get away from this, you often lose that clarity of thought and reflection. And so I think if you start to identify what type of unrealistic expectations are being set, then when we come to some of the strategies, it will help to be able to implement them more effectively if you've got more specific about the different types. So run us through the different ways that unrealistic expectations can show up. Okay, so the top three things then are going to be, first of all, targets are too high, volume of workload is too much, and deadlines are too short. I think they're probably going to be the top three types, aren't they? I'm sure there's others, but I think they probably cover off most most of the types. And I think what happens is that, again, that when you're under stress, it can be that there's more than one of those. But when you start to break it down, there's ways to tackle each of them. So target's too high. You're talking sales targets. You're talking KPIs. You're talking leads generated, all of that kind of thing, people feel under pressure when the target is high, then your overall volume, I think, often just becomes a way of working life where people feel like I've got more on my plate than I can handle and I can't get all of this done to the required standard. And then if you add in a deadline that's too short then that particularly, I think, can really make the stress more acute where if you've got a lot on and you're trying to reach a high standard or a high target and you've got to do it in a short time frame, if you've got two or three of those rather than just one, then it's going to have more of an impact. And I think sometimes as well, these bosses with the unrealistic expectations they will be doing some of this stuff themselves. They'll be trying to role model some of this behavior. And I always think that makes it harder, doesn't it? Because you're like, why can they churn out so much work? And I can't. And it is really that that real assessment, isn't it? But it's so hard, isn't it, to, to do that assessment once you're in the thick of it, once you're feeling that stress and that overwhelm. Everything just, it just feels like you're trying to walk through treacle then, doesn't it? It's just so hard to get a handle on it and especially if you've got a boss who is just flying with all of these tasks and all of these unrealistic targets or on the other side of that that maybe you come in from a different angle from a different company from a different department and they're like right now you're here we can do so much more 
without giving you the time to properly bed in. And we see that as well, don't we? And we've talked before about the importance of onboarding and how so many businesses, and that's whether you're changing roles internally or moving to a new business, there needs to be that learning phase to get up to speed. And if there isn't that and the pressure piles on straight away, then that, again, really adds to the stress. Talk us through some of the reasons then about why does this happen? Are these people just idiots? Are they just horrible people? Why would people set unrealistic expectations of team members? So I'd say they're not all awful people. Sometimes there are real genuine reasons why they might have unrealistic expectations. And I think when we were talking through this, we identified like maybe a top five reasons as to why they they might do this so the first one was that there was a genuine need there's something that they're working through a project that needs to be delivered and the resource is low and everyone's backs against the wall and we need to deliver something in a really short space of time and everybody just needs to muck in that's probably that could be one of the the main reasons but short term that's fine long term you couldn't sustain that And that's a really good point. As you were talking about that, it reminded me of my days in retail. And at one point I was heading up project teams that were doing rebrand and refreshes in in shops. So there was a mini shop fit. We would close one day. We would take all of the old stock out. We would replace fixtures and fittings. Then we would bring new stock in, merchandise the store, train the team on the new product, have it ready to go, all within the space of two and a bit days. And that was sustainable for a period of time. And there were some long shifts that people worked. And I still recall one of the team in Liverpool saying, what do we need to do here? And my response was, we've just got to suck it up. And I think when you are all in it together and everyone's got to suck it up and it's short term, that's a very different scenario to this being this constant hamster wheel of having more and more loaded on and more situations so yeah I I think you're absolutely right sometimes there's a genuine business need everybody acknowledges that it's a bit nuts but we've just got to get through this and like you say we've got to deliver something and that's the thing isn't it and I think it's during that time where you need to assess and go how long have we been in this period and like how much longer is it going to last is there a light at the end of the tunnel Because as you say, sometimes you can end up in that hamster wheel where you no sooner do you get one thing finished that there's a whole other project to deliver. And I think that probably leads quite nicely into number two, which is shit rolls downhill. And if you are in that cycle where there's those constant demands coming from the top and you're expected to deliver those and there's no real rhyme or reason why it's just right now we've had this new great idea let's just run with it so you in the hamster wheel that's where it becomes really unsustainable isn't it it is and I think it's important if this is the case to have a degree of empathy and understanding sometimes I will say sometimes for the situation that your boss is in because they will sometimes have crazy unrealistic expectations And despite their best effort and intention, they can't protect their team from it. So they have to 
try and get other people to deliver. Even they could have been fighting the cause. They could have been telling people that it's not realistic, but sometimes they just don't have that option. And I think it's easy when you're in it to be, this is ridiculous and you must know it's ridiculous. And why are you doing this? And sometimes it's because the expectations on them are even more unrealistic. (laughs) So when we talk about shit rolls downhill, that can be, like you said, sometimes they can be just somebody that's hands off. I don't care. This is your problem and just send it over the fence to you. And sometimes that can be that they are doing their utmost to try and make sure that expectations are realistic, but it is not within their gift or their control to set the expectation of you. That's been set from somewhere else and they're the messenger rather than the person that's created the expectation. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. Um, Probably links quite nicely into number three that they don't actually know what is realistic. So as that stuff is rolling down and they're just piling the work on, if they don't really understand what is realistic or what realistic looks like to you, then that can also like make the issue a hundred times worse because they will keep piling it on until you literally fall over and they will keep doing that. And in some companies that I've worked for, that was an actual strategy. (laughs) Just keep giving them the work, keep piling it on, wait until they break. And that was actually what somebody said to me. (laughs) So it's things like that. Sometimes they might not know it's unrealistic, but sometimes they might just be pushing as well. And I, I do think that's something that people need to be aware of because people will just keep accepting the work, accepting it all of the time and not pushing back. Now, if you're in that situation where I was, keep keep piling the work on. Obviously, of course, I didn't do that. But if I was to if I had have done that, then that that would have been really unfair of me. But I think it was a really unfair ask in the first place. But it happens. It does happen. But unless people start pushing back, then they will continue to do that, won't they? They will. And with this one, I see a lot when I'm working with senior sales and marketing professionals where targets, people don't know what work is involved in order to deliver a sales target or a lead gen target. They don't know what resource is needed. They might ask for something that they think is a relatively easy or small thing or a quick turnaround. And they just don't have the understanding because if you're reporting to someone who is very senior, so you're reporting either to the MD or the CEO or to that exec level leadership team, they won't have the in-depth technical knowledge of every function that reports to them. And they won't have necessarily the understanding. So it's not always that they don't care or that they're deliberately being pushy and trying to get more and more until somebody can't give anymore, it can be a very genuine sense of that they think what they're asking for is reasonable and realistic. And like you say, if you don't push back, if you don't create that awareness, then as far as they're concerned, yeah, feels pretty reasonable. That feels okay. But they just don't have that level of depth of understanding that you do of what's involved in actually delivering the output. 
And I think that can apply to all of the different types. It can be that they don't understand that the target's ridiculously unrealistic. It don't it might be that they don't understand that the deadline is too short because they feel like, oh yeah, that should be doable in that time frame. And it can be that they don't understand what else you've got on your plate and what else is taking up resource. So they feel like this is just a little small thing and it's not an excessive request. Whereas you, in your perspective, know very different. Yeah. And that's the thing because some of my clients, when they do have bosses that are consistently giving them tasks that push them beyond their limits, like they'll be up to like 11 p.m. midnight, really pushing themselves. And then they'll send me a message and say, I'm so sorry. The interview prep that I was going to do before our session, I've not been able to do that because last minute, four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, my boss is asking me to do X, Y, and Z and had to prioritize that. So many people are just taking on that stuff and putting themselves second. And the whole point of going for that interview was to get away from that situation. And instead that person giving themselves or putting themselves in a situation whereby they're probably not going to be able to perform as well in the interview because they've not had the chance to prep. So I think with that, there's got to be a point, hasn't there, where you start pushing back. And it could be that, and probably this is point number four, like that, that, that boss might completely have their head in the sand and they're not bothered what impact it has on your life. For my client, where they're up till ridiculous o'clock doing work, creating a report that actually in the end wasn't even used, it is completely unrealistic. But if they've got their head in the sand and they're just dishing out orders and you're just doing it and you're never ever pushing back, then they'll just keep they'll just keep doing that, won't they? They'll just keep burying their head in the sand. And while you're delivering, they're just going to keep giving you those requests. I think there's probably two there, really an element of burying the head in the sand is a strategy that people will consciously sometimes and subconsciously at other times adopt. And I think that speaks to what you were describing of, if I don't know that somebody is finding it stressful or finding it difficult to manage their workload, or if I haven't been told that the expectations are unrealistic, I can just ignore it and I can just keep on pushing and keep on hoping that somebody is going to deliver and I'll just keep giving them more things and hope that they'll deliver those. And then I think it tips over to the element of where there's a values mismatch, which is the, the final one. And that's where when you were describing that scenario, my head was in my hands of just keep pushing somebody until they break. And I've known not quite to that degree, but a similar thing where a boss of mine was asking me to say to members of my team that they, the view was just pay them more and get them to work seven days a week for a few weeks. And my value set does not align with that at all. I am a huge advocate of look after people, be realistic, and the business is still going to be there tomorrow. Your time with your family, your life is important and prioritize that. Yes, work is a big part of people's lives, but I was not comfortable and I didn't ask people to just get paid some more and work seven days a week for a bit just because the business wants this quicker or 
this bit delivered or this problem fixing. No. So there can also be that values piece where that other people are prepared, where that boss is prepared to ask and to leave you in a situation where your stress is rising, your confidence is dipping. And that for me is a real red flag of a scenario. Yeah, I agree because it is that scenario then becomes keep pushing them until they break. And then you end up with people going off sick. You end up with people really stressed out. You shouldn't have to feel like that about work. You should. It is sometimes it can be difficult to create that perfect work-life balance. It can be, especially at certain times of the year where maybe you are short a resource or you've got to deliver something because it's golden quarter or whatever it is. But this is where you almost need to say, am I working to that capacity consistently? Or is it just every now and again, we need to pull out all the stops? And it's at that point, isn't it, where you go, this is consistent. I'm worn out. I'm stressed. It's impacting my family life. It's impacting my life generally, my health, whatever it's impacting. It's okay. I'm recognizing this now. So what can I do? to to sort out to get everything back on track and a lot of people the first thing they'll think of is I've got to leave this job that that is exactly what I see a lot of but what would you say the first thing that people can do to start recognizing and getting a grip on the unrealistic expectations so depends on the scenario would be my take on this In that red flag situation, if there is a culture where people are constantly being pushed and that could be an organization-wide culture or it could be your boss in particular is quite happy to push and push and genuinely doesn't care. If you're in that much of a red flag situation, then I would absolutely advocate the exit strategy. Most cases are not that clear cut and... It's important, I think, to look at what you can do to try and improve the situation and bring things back within your control because it's very easy when the pressure is on, when you feel under stress, to let your boundaries slip, to work those longer hours, to try and pull the stops out and all of that. What's often harder is to creatively think of different approaches and ways that you could get a change so hopefully the tips that we're going to share will help if people are in that scenario of how do I actually do it my my boss isn't an absolute idiot but I am still feeling this so the first thing that I would say to people is think about creative ways that you can say no by which I mean saying no is hard telling your boss I can't do that I don't have capacity for that. That feels hard, partly because you might feel that aspect of, I just can't say no to my boss. And partly because you might feel that's a sign that you're not up to it. But there are other ways where you can get a bit more creative. So this can be talking about, for example, renegotiating priorities. And if you're in a situation where the overall volume is the impact that is being created, then talking about I've got this and this 
what do you need me to focus on first or which of these is most important you're not saying i won't do the others you're getting that clarity on what's most important what do you really need me to deliver so you're not having to outright say no but you're seeking clarity so it's asking questions rather than saying a flat no and there's lots of different versions so what have you used or have you seen clients use in that scenario aside from renegotiating to priorities how else have they said no I think in terms of different ways of saying no it's does if it, sometimes it, there, there are cases where it is just an actual no <laughs> I'm not doing that and that's fine no is a full sentence you don't have to do everything but obviously if there's a business need and fits in with your role then there's got to be some compromise rather than the outright no maybe it's what do we need to do can we have a conversation and I think I feel like the communication element is really crucial in in these situations because I think the more that you communicate and the more you look for solutions I feel like that kind of builds the trust and the relationship between you and your boss and it helps you together to work through how we're going to deliver all of this. And I suppose it's that role model behavior as well, because if you're doing that, your team are doing that, if everyone's working together and communicating, then you probably end up delivering more than you realize. But when you're in those crunch moments and those those real pinch points, it's a lot harder, isn't it, to manage? And when you're in that situation, you can think as well of ways that you can say yes to some things and the implication is no to others you can also say yes subject to conditions and I think if you approach your thinking and say okay what can I deliver so if there's a deadline for example if you can't deliver everything by that deadline are there aspects of what you've been asked for that you can deliver by that deadline And you can then propose, I can deliver this and this. These bits are going to take some more resource or we need to do some research or we need to put some budget behind. So you can then create a situation where you're saying, yes, I can do this. And subject to these conditions, I can do these bits. And one of the things that working for founders and entrepreneurs really helped to shift in my mind they very much do not like being told no so you very quickly learn to be more creative and the question that I learned from the first founder that I worked for was what would need to happen in order for this to be possible so rather than starting from where you are now and saying I don't know how to to do this, I've got too much on. It's starting from the assumption that a solution is possible somehow, some way. So what would need to happen for that solution to be found? And if you can create yourself some thinking time and use that question, you'll often find solutions subject to budget or resource or a renegotiation of priorities or a renegotiation of deadlines or something along those lines. And like you say, that's a very different way of showing up to that conversation. And it makes that conversation far less awkward because you're going 
we did the whole episode of what to do when people bring you problems rather than solutions. And you want that from your team, but also you need to take ownership of proposing what solutions you can, where you can in that situation. The flip side of that is if you really can't, an approach that I really like is to ask your boss to be a sounding board. So rather than say, I'm struggling, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get all of this stuff done. I think you're being really unrealistic. You can approach them for some time and say, look, I really need a sounding board. I am finding that I'm quite overwhelmed at the moment. I've got a lot on. Can you help me with my thinking about how to approach everything that I've got on? And I think that works really well for those ones that are either a bit kind of head in sand and ignoring things or for the ones that have that lack of understanding and maybe have for genuine reasons given you an expectation that is just a bit too much but instead of going to them and saying no you're saying can you help me find a solution can we brainstorm or can I use you as a sounding board to help me think about this yeah I think that's a great way to do it and also taking that personal feelings and emotions out of the conversation So it's less about how you feel or you feel like you're struggling or whatever it is. Take the personal out of it and just focus on the tasks in hand and the amount of time that they might take. And yeah, that that whole like solutions rather than problems. And I think that sounding board idea is perfect for that because you're approaching it in a way then that is, it's almost like, the super mature way to approach that conversation isn't it rather than because when you get pushed past the point of no return like you can't think straight can you and you definitely can't prioritize and you're just looking at everything that you've got to do thinking I haven't got enough hours in the day and then you're missing appointments missing time with your family missing social events with friends and you get to a point don't you and you're like what am I doing it all for and that's where people start thinking I need a new job when actually sometimes what you need to do is just create that communication and have that better communication with your boss. Yeah. And on that note, the final one that we share is approach with the view of understanding how has the expectation been created? Because if your boss I think this particularly, this is true of where it's coming downhill. Often you will hear an expectation that's been communicated, but you won't get the context. They're onto the next thing. They're busy themselves. They're stressed and they haven't always taken the time to give you the context. And so what can happen is the expectations unrealistic they may not understand that it's unrealistic and you may not know how the hell has this come about. So for example, where you feel like a target is nuts and there's no way it can be achieved, asking that question of, okay, help me understand how has this target been set? What were the factors? What were the decisions that fed into it? And sometimes when you ask the questions, they're questions that they can then take and go back with to understand. And sometimes they actually will have the understanding. And I've used this tactic before where in using this approach, what I've been able to do is to 
take somebody back through the steps that they made to get to that conclusion and to be able to then point out, okay, but that assumption that was made there, what about this? Have you considered this when you were making that assumption? So I found that one personally really helpful. And also I found it helpful at other times where once I've understood the breakdown and the assumptions, I actually buy into it and I understand and I no longer feel that it's unrealistic. So therefore I'm okay to approach it because I've got that context. Yeah. And I suppose that that does all then come down to the communication, doesn't it? Just like having that open free flowing communication between you and your boss. And in some respects, it's an element of managing up as well, isn't it? It really is. And there will be times where you do need the exit strategy, but more often than not, I think when you start to use some of these approaches and you get curious about why the expectation has been set that way and you ask them to support you and be a sounding board and you then find ways to present alternative solutions or renegotiate things, you're putting yourself back in the driving seat and that feels good and that builds your confidence and reduces your stress. Hopefully what we've shared has been helpful If you're in that situation and there are specific topics you want us to cover in future episodes, then as always, drop us a message. If you have liked this episode and feel that there's somebody who is perhaps on the receiving end of unrealistic expectations, then please do share it with them. And as ever, please rate and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.